Well, hello and welcome to the Queer X. I am your host, Eric Carmine. I use he, they pronouns. And today we are kicking off a different adventure that this pod has not done before. This is a season two premiere exclusive where we're going to dive in and run a mini campaign where we will drop periodic episodes um, over the course of this season and maybe extend it into season three, depending on how how well we, we do with all of this, um, of a game called Legacy Life Among the Ruins. And this is a game that is, the premise is the world has ended. There has been a fall of society as we know it. And we are about a generation out right now from that. And we'll have players who are taking on the roles of both a family, kind of a house, and a specific character within that family to to hone in on. Um, so I, right now we have three wonderful, wonderful guests that you all will recognize from various recordings that we've done in the past. I'm going to have them introduce themselves. I'll say if you want to tell us your name, your pronouns, um, and maybe tell us which one an episode you've been on. Where can people find you in season one and or episodes that have been released on season two at this point? Uh, I'm going to start with, we're going to go alphabetical. I'm going to start with our good friend, Connor. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Connor or Spiff. Um, I use he, him pronouns. And um, I have been very lucky to be, be on this podcast um, a few times. Um, the one that stands out the most to me recently is a season one episode um, where, forgive me, Eric, I'm blanking on the name of it, but it was a fun tabletop RPG where uh, I was part of a coven of bisexual witches who had to solve- Bewitched. Yes, bewitched. And we had to solve a mystery in P-Town. And I played a wonderful bisexual himbo witch that just turned into a dog all the time, just for mm -hmm. fun. Just for fun and could talk the entire time, but didn't tell anybody. Could talk the entire time, chose not to tell anybody until like almost before the campaign was even over. Yeah. Uh, and then DJ. Hi, everyone. My name is DJ. I use he, him pronouns. I have been on a few different uh, one episodes. Wow. Words, you know, in season one. But I think my... Favorite and most unhinged was uh, an episode of uh, Bro Hunters, where we were bros and we were hunting ghosts. And spoiler, I got sucked into hell. <laughs> and not in the fun, sexy way, but well, maybe <laughs> no. it was fun and sexy. Who knows? It was. It was not. It was not fun and sexy. <laughs> oh, that episode was wild. I just love that the creator every so often responded to, like, responded to later was like, I forgot how ridiculous this game was that I made until I heard you all play it. I saw that and I was like, uh, they're either going to love what we did or be horrified. And I'm glad they're coming down on the side of love. Yeah, they loved it. They loved it. Um, and then Vision. Yes, hello. I'm Dakota or Vision. I use they, she pronouns. Um, and I've also been lucky enough to be on a variety of episodes. Um, I think one of my favorite TTRPGs, well, actually two of them that have very similar names, and I'm honestly not sure which ones we've made episodes of, but <laughs> both Witch Punks and Meat Punks both existed in my world. Yes. And um, I enjoyed both of them immensely. Yeah. And those are both, those are both recorded. We, we recorded both of those. Witch Punks was early season one, and then Extreme Meat Punks was with DJ. Yeah, I forgot and, about that one. And was like maybe like a mid-season one. So go back and listen to all of those episodes because they're all wonderful. 
And then Which I did a wonderful new? queer superhero episode with Connor. Oh yeah, that was not just in... queer. That was a trans episode. Yes, mm-hmm. um, and that one was was also quite a bit of fun. That was very fun. We were we were a special brand of unhinged superheroes. I feel like every episode, that's literally our brand is unhinged at this point. <laughs> but while it's great to talk about old episodes, we're here for a new episode where we're playing this legacy life among the ruins. Um, so the way we're going to do this is I'm calling this like session 0.5. It's not quite a session zero because we've talked about stuff already. It's not quite a full session because we're still world building a little bit and that's great. Um, so what it is going to be is us talking about the worlds, the world and the setting. Who are these families that they're each group, each person is playing. And then we're going to hone in on for like maybe the next two to three episodes. Who's the character that they're playing. And part of the fun of the mechanics of this game is after you finish like an arc of a story, you jump generations and then p- the people pick up, as new characters with the same family further down the timeline. Um, and we're also going to have some rotating cast members who will come in and maybe bounce out depending on some, some might depend on scheduling. Some might depend on uh, just, you know, availability and interest, but we're going to add some different people. So we'll have kind of a vibrant dynamic world that we're going to be building out over the course of this. Um, at least that is the hope and the dream. We will see what happens. <laughs> so I'm going to start by talking about, the world at large so thing about the world is it kind of ended um and that you know kind of sucks um and so the way the the book refers to this moment in time as the fall and so this is when everything kind of went to shit we talked in our we did a set our session zero we talked about some different possibilities and a lot of them sadly feel uh too real at this point like climate disaster that feels really fucking real um i think we talked about like the high like capitalism eventually killing off most of society like that feels really real these days it all just keeps piling up so i think what we're gonna do what we're gonna say is the the fall uh was not climate related although my i feel like all of it will probably impact each other right like so climb everything's gonna build on each other if you've got a climate disaster that's one thing if you've got capitalism falling like that they're all gonna feed on each other at some point so i see this world as we did hit a point where the world like everyone kept trying to outdo everybody and it wasn't like a war that brought us all down but it was this slow depletion of resources building up over a mass of time and we hit this critical moment where one day there was a mass power outage and stuff just kind of started collapsing after that the power went out across you know a chunk of the united states that dominoed into you know, hospitals shutting down and other things falling apart. We couldn't get the power back in time and generators gave out and just this slow domino effect out that eventually kind of encompassed the entirety of the world to where it, it just kind of was lost. Um, and it's that because I feel like the when we talk about like a, an incident like the fall, I think everyone wants the end of the world. Well, not once, but everyone always sees the end of the world as this quick flash pan moment that happens, right? But this, I, I envision this as like 
and this doesn't sound sad because it parallels climate change. We spent all this time acknowledging that it was coming. People were alerting everyone about that it's coming. And then we just kind of let it happen. Um, and now we're like a full generation. We're now like the, the, the generation that would have been kids maybe when this happened. And now they're grown adults kind of navigating what do we do now? Um, and with all of that, like it just, you know, everything about the world kind of expedited. So you all this catas- these catastrophic events just started then going off climate change stuff kicked in because we were doing all kinds of crazy shit. Um, and I'm not, I'm being vague a little bit on purpose because I don't want the players to have a full grasp of what happened because their characters may not. And, and so the story is about how do you plant yourself in a space where it wasn't your fault that all this happened, but you're here. Um, so, and the space that you all currently occupy um because over the over the course of this time, uh, we had a lot of flooding. We had a lot of kind of overgrowth of of wildlife, and you all the the what I'm calling the town for now is actually a large like island in the middle of like a swamp wasteland area. It's about five miles in di- diameter, um, and this is where like your families have kind of found and settled upon and have been trying to kind of rebuild from here. Um, A lot of travel is done by boat. So there's not a lot of roads these days um, to kind of get from place to place. And obviously uh, there's just inherent distrust amongst, you know, outsiders. And I think that exists for outside of your own families, right? Like you trust your own, um, but do you trust the people, you know, other, other groups kind of, working to perhaps to their own agendas. So that's a rough idea of the setting for everybody. We're going to, we'll keep flushing some things out about the space, but does anyone want to tell me a little bit about their family? And yeah, and it, we'll start with just talking about your family and kind of what does that look like for, for you? Uh, so my family is the Saasta family. Um, in the language of the the game, I'm playing the Lawgivers of the Wasteland. Uh, but what that really looked like is my family before the fall were it was a large, respected family of Washington fixers. There was a problem; we fixed the problem. Uh, if you like watching TV, um, think Olivia Pope, but a whole family of them. Um, that sounds terrifying, but amazing. <laughs> right? Uh, but of course, since everything has gone to shit, uh, we have pulled back a little bit, so it's less of the political intrigue and more of the like mob, I'm going to go for the knees kind of side, except um, we are descendants of those murderers from higher. We uh, still do what is we're paid for and what is right, and sometimes those intersect and sometimes they don't. Um, but we're kind of in that morally gray area. Um, yeah, I there are a couple of really big tenets for my family, um, like who always deserves protection. The, the young that is one of those areas where children are, especially after the fall, really important and sacred. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, who always deserves justice are those being wronged by a system. So being taken advantage okay. of. Yeah. And then also, uh, what's my family's code? Like, what do we see as the most important thing? Um, is is being in line with one another, and the worst thing you can do is betray the family. You know I'm gonna fuck around with that, right? Like, you know that's gonna be a thing we're gonna have to do. I obviously made things so you could have fun with this too. <laughs> so yeah, anything, I think mean, there's. Go ahead. I would say any. Just say anything else about your family that you want us to know at the moment. Um. No, I think that that is. Um. Kind of the things that matter the most here. Um, Connor or Dakota, do either of you uh, want to jump in? Uh, I can talk a little bit about uh, my family. Um, my family is coming from the archetype called the Cultivators of New Flesh, which um, honestly sounds a little bit scarier than it actually is. Um, it's basically an archetype that believes in the idea of trusting within nature and kind of like having a bond with nature. Um, so, uh, my family, which honestly doesn't have any fancy titles or anything like that, it's actually kind of the opposite of what DJ was saying, just basically called the nomads, a more kind of inline nomadic family that has, uh, was originally before the fall, um, honestly, just like a big old commune, almost kind of bordering on hippie-ish, um, but a big commune um, that laid off the land that really like worked together and like cultivated all, like a lot of resources together. Um, and since the fall, since this new generation really has kind of evolved almost into this spiritual belief of, you know, the because of the fall, we lost so much of the actual like connection to the earth. But we actually really believe that really now is the time to be reconnected to the earth and through the power of the earth and nature itself will bring us through to this new age. Um, so uh, the, the, the nomads kind of are, the best example I can actually kind of give is anybody who is fans of um, Avatar The Last Airbender, when the gang discovers the band of traveling earthbenders who are just all hippies and singing about secret tunnels, um, that's kind of the vibe <laughs> that the nomads give, where we have been through a terrible tragedy, but as long as we just go through and believe in the power of the earth together and nature, it will see us through, it will see us back, and we can coexist and all just become one. Um, and what people couldn't see was the immense eye roll that DJ gave as this was being described. It's really funny because the way that DJ was describing his family, I was just like, oh my God, this is the exact opposite. Of what I, I love did. it. And I, I want to see how many times we can work Secret Tunnel into this podcast. Please. Mm -hmm. Please. And I, um, I feel like in phrases like burrow into your secret tunnel. <laughs> um. So... Yeah, uh, for the most of it, like most of uh, the idea of, I guess, in terms of tenants and the idea of just like how things come together is uh, through like really through just like the idea of greed and the idea of kind of like this kind of rot. That is where we are. So the really thing is we really need to try to strive to be better, to come together, because only by coming together can we actually move forward as a society and really repair this planet that um that we have so grossly hurt um 
because it is a nomadic family that really believes it, it is actually a pretty it is a pretty open and accepting family. They take uh, like the idea is even though it's a family, it is a family of everyone. It could be strangers. It could be outcasts. It could be, you know, the idea as long as long as you can believe in moving forward and trying to keep an open mind, you can be part of this family. That doesn't mean that we can, that doesn't mean they will just, you know, lie, lie down and take it. If somebody's coming after us, we will, we will preserve what we need to do. Um, because obviously, unfortunately, that is one of the problems of the world that we live in. But we will really strive to do everything we can to try to commit to be as peaceful and moving forward. Um, yeah. So that's, that's yeah. my wonderful little hippie uh, family. <laughs> <laughs> I keep, I like you were describing it. I, like to some degree, I was also thinking of like the from Rings of Power, like the hobbits, the yeah, little traveling of. hobbits that are just like, we just need to get to the next place. Except they are kind of dicks when they're like, someone's falling behind, leave them to die. <laughs> like, it, 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 the way I kind of see it is kind of like, I guess, kind of like hippies, hobbits, and maybe, maybe just a smidge of like elves thrown in there where like we've really, we've really learned to like become one with nature as, as best as we can. And so we can use that to our advantage when like if, we, if we're in danger or if we need to fight or anything like that. Um, full, full on Disney princess as well. Like there's one of the things that we could have. It's like, yeah, as long as it's in our space, like no animals attack us. Like, you know, they, they're, they, they're also well. Welcome, and we just give a good vibe. <laughs> you're like this. You're the you're the Snow White of the apocalypse. Of the apocalypse, it, it, it's beautiful. <laughs> um, awesome. And Dakota, would you like to tell us about your family? Yes. So I am playing a family from the archetype, the Stranded Starfarers who are a race of alien life forms, or should I say a community, uh, a small faction of this uh, race of alien life forms that came to Earth shortly before the fall. And during the fall was cut off from their ability to go home. And so since, since the fall, they have sort of initiated a um, protocol for isolation. Um, they uh, think it best to not interact with those around them and to simply stay within their built up walls in the area until such time that they can make it back home. Um, they are ruled by a um, council of AI um, elders that uh, were derived from the elders back on their home planet um, who triggered this protocol. Nice. I like that. That's this is a weird, eclectic little group. We've got DJ who's like, we'll fix all your shit and we're going to protect people who deserve to be protected. We've got Connor with a, hey everyone, let's just like smoke and vibe. And then we've got Dakota, who's like, we've gone full isolation mode. We would survive COVID in a heartbeat. Fuck all of you. <laughs> Six feet, more like 600 feet. Thank you. <laughs> we have dug a hole in the ground, built a, a shelter, and we will not catch your diseases. Nice. And so I think before, before we get into like your characters, let's talk about 
how did how do you see each of your families respectively ending up on this five mile plot of land in the middle of a swamp wetlands area mm-hmm. um and if if they're ready i can start with dakota and we'll go backwards yeah certainly so the um the this race of aliens is very technologically advanced i should have mentioned um visually they look like a mind flayer from D had a baby with the robots from irobot oh heck yeah <laughs> i i have so many questions about this visual that's in my head right now <laughs> So they are a race of biomechanical cephalopods. And so they are um, at home both on land and sea and the stars. And so they, when the Earth started to have a lot of these changes with floods and things happening, they were able to navigate through them to find this land that is uh, more hospitable and set up their isolationist base. Nice. Um, And DJ, or no, Connor, because we were going backwards and you went second. Connor, how did did hippies end up on an isolated island in the middle of a swampland? Well, I I think uh, the way that our wonderful nomadic uh, uh, brothers and sisters and everyone uh, wound up on that uh, piece of land is because Really, the idea is they don't want to set down roots. They really just want to keep going around the different parts of the planet and see how they can help and how they can spread this message. And honestly, just cult, you know, just going along the way, they found passage uh, to this little piece of swampland. But then after like kind of like exploring, told like, oh, you can't go back. Normally, that would like freak a lot of people out. But for us, like, oh, that's cool. That's fine. We can just. We can just hang out here for a little bit, and honestly, exploring some new swampland—that's that's really kind of that's really kind of fun. Imagine imagine the things the planet can tell us from here. So, uh, we're really just like let things happen the way that they happen. And if the planet told us to be in this particular part of swampland, that's what we're gonna do. Why are you giving me Midwest vibes of a stranger is just a friend you haven't met yet? <laughs> we we really do believe and try to like be to, to 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 try to like really put a path of positivity in front of there, or at least you know try to be positive as much as we can to a point. Yeah, Con- Connor's the Midwestern, uh, you know, nice people, and uh, <laughs> I'm the New Yorkers who will never make eye contact with you, no matter how hard you try. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If like it'd be the it'd be one of these scenarios where if my if like if our family was passing Dakota's family, we'd all be like, "Hi, how's it going? Great day, out, right?" And Dakota's family, it's like, "We don't have any money. Leave me alone." We just said good morning. <laughs> like, nope. Look down at the, the ground. <laughs> oh, all right. And I mean, and then DJ's family is obviously like from straight. I mean, you've already said they're from New York. Or they're from Washington, D.C. Like they're just. Yeah. The cutthroat political insiders. <laughs> we were. Now we're just cutthroat. Um, but I think how we ended up here is once we started to see kind of our our clientele like 
kind of go underground and like his the rich knew what was happening um or at least had more resources to know what was happening uh we also dip we're like well um this is gonna get bad and the family is what matters so we're gonna go as a family and just get out of dodge and so we actually tried to uh, to a lesser extent than Dakota, but we wanted to be somewhere that like wasn't in a major city when <laughs> all of this happened. Uh, hopefully, I think close enough that we could get around to it was like the envision, so we could kind of still do what we needed to do, but just not be in the chaos that was gonna happen. And then uh, the swamp came up, and uh, we're literally stuck here. So it's not by choice or by design or really by want, but that's where we are. And I mean, so and each of you, I think, have some questions in your your family books that you need to ask one another. Yes, so I don't know if this do. might be a, this might be a good spot, I think, because we can do this before we get into the characters and talk about like the person that you're playing. Um, also, I'm thinking about geographically and not that it fully matters where because it's all the end of the world. And so everything is different. Um, you know, like the hunger games where like, it is the United States, but like, who knows where district nine actually was. Um, I think based on what we're saying, I think I actually see this as like the Ohio river flooded, the Mississippi river flooded and you're somewhere. Do they, they meet, right? Don't they meet? Yeah, they meet, they, they pass through each other in like Missouri um and you're like so like that's like the area where the wetlands have kind of sprung up and this like bit of land that maybe was just like a high, a little bit of a higher elevation than everything else around it and you all kind of ended up in like this rough area but i mean at this point like you wouldn't know like oh we're actually in illinois like it's just kind of like we're here in this space because what are borders what are states if nothing is real and nothing exists Maybe somewhere you see like a welcome to Illinois sign like on the ground. And that's how you kind of know roughly where you were. Um, but and it's just like just for flavor for people to know. Um, all right. So who oh vision were you gonna say something? I was just gonna say it's not far from home for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so who would like to start with some questions? I need to know where the question section is, unfortunately. It um, should be in on your family playbooks under history. Okay, yes, I see it now. <laughs> and I think if there's question if there's things in your questions that require a little bit more world building, ask the question and we can fill in that gap of like what's going on in this kind of commune that has kind of come together with these. And one thing we will say is that you are not the only family factions that exist on this bit of land. There are others that we'll introduce as we kind of go through this and talk about stuff. Um, but does anyone want to be brave and ask ask your questions? Uh, I can I, I can ask the first uh, the first question. And I know you should you probably have more than you have more questions than there are players. So it's okay to leave one unanswered and we can always come back to it when like we bring another character, another family in. 
I I only have two under histories. Oh, okay. Some people have three. Okay. You just you only get two because you're just hippies. We're just hippies. We don't have a lot of questions. We just let things go. We just take it as it is. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Uh. And I guess these are. I guess these questions are just open ended to both DJ and Dakota. Uh. Yeah. So I know like some of them. It'll like. It depends on the question, but I think you can ask them of the group and figure out who it is. Okay. Cool. Then uh, the, fir- the first question that I would have is, um, which of you has made agreements with us that might just end up saving mankind and the planet? I, I actually have a question that might kind of go along with that. Ooh. So I think that could be um, we biomechanical cephalopods, um, because I also have a question that says, which of you did we save from certain doom with our technology? Oh, okay. And I feel like saving the hippies might might be on on the on the uh, like a good choice for us to make. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so what if we retconned it a little bit where it was your family that actually helped save my family to get to the swamp in the first place? I'm here for it. All right. All right, maybe, maybe, maybe your family saw that, like, uh, as Earthlings go, they seem pretty harmless, and uh, <laughs> you you reached out and extended a little bit of kindness, and us being the wonderful hippies that we are, it's like, oh my gosh, yes, of course. <laughs> and then afterwards, they met DJ's family and realized that not everyone is a bunch of hippies who just want to vibe. But, but what's nice is that could work because my question is, which of you might just end up saving mankind in the planet. It would be beneficial for DJ's family to help save the planet for whether they want to stay here or eventually get away from here. <laughs> um, and on your, does it say like, do you have anything about um, treaties with those questions? Yes. Um, you take one treaty on them. Okay. So you have... So you would have one on vision for them wanting them being the ones that could save you, correct? Yes, yes, it okay. would. I hope you all know that I am denoting your factions as <laughs> as the hippies and the politicians. Like that's just what I'm doing. Perfect. <laughs> yep. Perfect. Sounds good. All right. And the only other question I have is, which of you supplies us with resources vital for cultivation? You work out what uh, you work out what the supplies are and give that family one treaty on you. Well, if if visions or if, yeah, the visions family has the first question, then I feel like does this then just innately fall to DJ? I do have in my family, um, a, it's called a dispersed lifestyle. So they, if there's a way off of the, um, like the patch of land we're on, like it, they would maybe not as a full family, but send people out as agents. Yeah. And so that, I think that could make sense of like, oh, we need more of this. Well, okay, we'll go do some good for the community then and, and do that. So sure. Okay, great. So yeah. that means that, um, yeah. So they so DJ's family's got one treaty on me, and I've got one treaty on Dakota's family. Perfect. All right. Um, Dakota or DJ, any 
Anyone want to do whatever, or if you have other questions? Uh, we already have, like, one of my questions, so I guess we can go forward from there. Um, So I have two outstanding questions, one of which I think makes more sense for our politicians. The one I think that makes sense, given Connor's question, is which one of you controls a resource critical to our survival? I feel like our politicians might be resource hoarders over here. Oh, I'm being painted in such a delightful picture right now. I love it. <laughs> Listen, you you gave everyone Olivia Pope as a reference point, and we are just going from there. Oh, I didn't say it was wrong. I'm just saying that like we're just <laughs> the lines are being painted, and I'm gleefully yeah. skipping into them. For for full transparency, I'm picturing House of Cards meets The Sopranos. Mm. Oh, also but, such a good reference. But also, <laughs> you mentioned Olivia Pope. Your all your families just wear wonderful white power suits, <laughs> like pants, which suits. is which is really hard to do in this swamp. Yeah. yeah, but but somehow it still looks crisp, <laughs> immaculate. We have big white hats. Yes, your um, family just carries around steamers with them everywhere they go. <laughs> Every time we show up, suddenly gets a little more humid in the swamp, and no one knows why. No one knows why. Yeah. Okay, so Dakota, that was. Did you? Did we actually work out what the resource was? No. So okay. the two resources that I have currently picked as surpluses are defenses and progress. Okay. So what I'm lacking are is morale, leadership, and energy. So okay. I don't know, DJ, if you had picked any of those as surpluses or not. Unsurprising to anyone, my surpluses are weaponry and leadership. <laughs> okay, cool. So you you are hoarding leadership. I'm not actually sure how one does that, but you're hoarding leadership. <laughs> well, obviously we've done elections and we have a, a, a pseudo-functioning government or something, and I have just stacked it with people that I want. I don't know. I'm just a thug. I love it. Whereas our our leadership is an AI council that literally can't function, so it's perfect. So you get two treaty on my family. Um, And for people listening, I know we didn't talk about what treaties were, but for this, the game mechanics here, if you played something like Masks before, um, where you talk about having influence over each other, um, it's a similar mechanic. So treaties are a way of um, being able to provide support. So if you have treaties with people and you want to lend aid to them, there's a dice roll you can do where you can then, it's like adding your treaty score to that to help make it better. Um, you can also use your treaty to basically call in like an IOU and be like, nope, I need this from you. And you could spend a point of your treaty to simply take the thing that you need. Um, I think one of the moves is literally like take a resource. <laughs> Like, just pluck it, like, walk up to DJ and be like, hello, I like your leadership, please. Thank you. Let me just walk off with that. Um, Which I imagine to be literally just ripping a white hat off of your head and then wearing it as they walk away, because white hats and such. Feel free, but remember, also lots of weapons. True. We should seal those first. Exactly. (laughs) 
Funnily uh, enough, weapons are not even a resource that's on the table for my family. <laughs> same. The hippie. I mean, it, it doesn't make it shouldn't be surprising. The hippies have no have no family. Uh, have no resources for weapons. We have land, crops, progress, barter goods, and medicine. <laughs> but I also at the same time, Dakota, your your family moves are unfucking hinged. You are not wrong. Did you take the body snatcher move? I did. I took body snatcher and invading armies. The body snatcher can Dakota can literally roll and on a seven plus can declare that some members of a tar of the targeted family or faction have been replaced with duplicates loyal to you. <laughs> they can literally just claim your people. Great. Love that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's fun. <laughs> Not going to uh, cause problems at all. And that actually feeds into my third question, which will get answered by a, a different faction at some point in the future. But I think it, it lends important flavor here, which is, which of you did we secretly experiment on in the past? <laughs> Amazing. And we have we have two factions that we know are going to be played coming up soon, both of which I think lend themselves perfectly to that yeah. yeah two other factions that are on the that are on this land with everybody is uh for folks who are familiar with the game uh is pioneers of the depth and the one true faith and the one true faith i can tell you categorically um <laughs> is built around the idea that they found barbies in the after after the fall and have created an entire religion around barbie which not wrong not oh. wrong, because you know what? You are Knuff. <laughs> I'm not this. <laughs> but honestly, if there was any if there is any cult to arise from the ashes of a fall, I'm very happy that it's from Barbie. Yeah. Um, DJ, do you have any questions left to ask? I actually have three. Ooh. Um, so I'll say them all and then we'll see if they make sense here with amongst this group or maybe waiting for some of the others. So my three are, um, which of the other families support my crusade the most? Uh, which did I save from slaughter at the hand of raiders? And which family raised the homeland's worst criminal? Uh, this one's interesting because I take a treaty on them, but then they give another family who that uh, criminal has victimized a on them. Oh dear. So, those are my three. I feel like that second one might come into play more later. Is that the criminal one? Yeah, with the two of you kind of having this like positive bond, and like it would make sense to be like, and now you can, also. Can I, as GM, make a small suggestion, plot twist, fun nicety? Here, for it, go. What if it was our hippies that accidentally had the worst criminal? I mean, the nomads uh, definitely believe that as long as you can believe in this idea of progress forward, they will accept you into their family. We don't really question who you were before or what you were doing afterwards, as long as you're here. And who's to say? Maybe somebody's, maybe there's people there who try to take advantage of that. Who knows? They just adopted a devil child along this, like the road. 
Well, funny enough, and we'll get into it, that is actually not a devil child, but that is actually kind of how my character is involved <laughs> with the family. <laughs> really, it's just the backstory of why your family originally started being nomadic, is you just had this horrifying child that you had to, like, move from school to school. Mm-hmm. They just burned down the whole settlement and they had to leave. <laughs> and they're like, listen, we can't say one way or the other whether it was them that burned it down. But for, you know, just just to make it not any messy, we're just going to go. We're just going to bounce. So if you're okay with that, Connor, yeah, y'all. I, that that could that could be fun. Where, you know, maybe even not amongst the, amongst the family knows that there is a criminal. <laughs> The I worst know. criminal of home, like what we are in home of. Great. It's amazing. Um, Great. So what but it, I so... think that the other family one might be, we might wait, if that's okay. Yeah, I yeah. Don't think it makes sense for, for my family to have been victimized by yeah. that criminal. criminal. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to make it, I'm just going to make a small note that says, uh, Connor owes uh, one of our two other players. Uh, a, a crime a crime child who hurt them yep um and so what does that mean in terms of resources resources or treaties uh dj um i take another treaty on you okay as as the lawbringers okay so you now have two on me perfect yes um uh, and then do you i'm assuming we need dakota to answer one to do one of the other ones yeah, so either um, do you support our crusade or did my family slay, uh, save your family from slaughter at the hands of Reed? And I, so my, again, my crusade is is now at least being a, a generation removed is again doing um, like children are sacred like and do right by those who have been uh, abused by systems. Yeah, I think we support your crusade, not for any moral reason, but because you have resources we need. Very smart. It's kind of thinking like a politician. Uh, Mm -hmm. Which also means you get two treaties on me. Oh, perfect. So we each have two on each other. (laughs) It's the mutual we both owe each other. Like, and we're both going to call it in at some point. And um, remind me, uh, Vision, what are you calling your family? Um, so their formal name is the Mechalena, and I can um, I can put that in the chat for y'all for spelling purposes. Um, it's based on the genus for octopi. Love it. <laughs> Great. So, and now we're, I think we're in the space to start talking about our characters. So I will I will kind of let whomever would like to introduce. So as we've done like this, we've built the world out, we've got our families, and now within each of those families, our our players will take on the role of a singular person who exists within this family structure in some capacity. Um and that will be the person that they kind of formally play with the family as kind of an environmental backdrop that they get to lean on and utilize different moves from them throughout the the sessions. Um, So does anyone want to be brave and 
go first. I guess since we're already talking about my family and the name, I might as well dive into the character too. Yeah. Um. So my character's name is Lunulata. And uh, Lunulata goes by uh, they, them pronouns. They have absolutely no concept of gender in this society. So. <laughs> I love that. Um. But Luna Lata is um, the quintessential embodiment of the phrase curiosity killed the cat. Um, They have always wondered all of these questions about the world around them, what came before, how the societies interacted, and they've always been shut down because the protocol is we do not acknowledge any of the outside world unless we absolutely have to. And that's left to the elders. Like, you don't do any of that. But Lunalata has been um, sneaking outside of the base for uh, much of their life to learn more about the outside world. <laughs> Uh, and do you want to tell us what which character book do you have? Yeah, so this is based on the archetype, the Seeker. Um, is there and I, and I should have this up, but is there anything on your character sheet? And we'll probably answer them. But like, I, do you all have like questions you need to ask each other as characters? Yes. Okay. Perfect. Uh, um, but they're less like which one of you does this thing, and more. Give me uh, the answer to this question philosophically. Yeah. yeah, I just I just was glancing at when I see them. And that's, yeah, the backstory questions, which are very akin to like a, a Masks Monster of the Week vibe. Yeah, so uh, one of them, I think, is, is a very interesting um, question that uh, you all can give me, which is, I fear whom hates what they do not understand i think why don't it might be good if we want to put a, put a pin in the questions for the moment and let's introduce the other two so that we know how everything interplays i love it love it. and then that and then we can we can do a round of questions because i feel like that'll be yeah i love i love backstory questions like that they're always so fun um all right connor or dj who would like to uh sure i can go next um so i'm playing uh, a character named nyx nyx uh it is from the remnant archetype which is basically the idea of when the fall occurred something happened to this person where as a result of the fall they became twisted and inhuman they once were human, but they are not anymore. They do not really have any memories of their life previously. They have some form of humanity, and they, but one of the things about them is because they are so twisted, uh, their visual appearance, their physical appearance, uh, is fractured and broken. It changes anytime, like the way that you look at it, uh, look at them. Uh, so, as a result, immediately after the fall, because of how they appeared, uh, they have been ostracized, they have been hunted, they have just been trying to survive. Until, that is, 
they came upon the nomads, which was <laughs> the one group of settlers and families that looked upon them and gave them kindness. So as a result, in return for that kindness, Nix has kind of become that protector that basically when peace is no longer an option, Nix is the one to enforce and to protect this family. They don't necessarily understand the higher kind of like hippy dippy philosophy, but they see that they are a group of humanity that tries to push forward with empathy and kindness first, which in a post-apocalyptic world is one of the rarest resources out there. So they believe that they will do whatever they can to try to at least protect this family and try to see if it's possible to uh, cultivate their dream. And just based on your descriptions, they, them pronouns? Yes, they use they, them pronouns. Um, yeah, it the, the, be the best way I can kind of describe, I guess, is like anytime that you tried to get a good look at them, it would be like you would see a face, but it would just morph and kind of mm -hmm. like in one second it could be a face and then it could be another type of face. And just you can't really get a good look at them. It's always constantly changing because of whatever happened in the fall. As a result, their body is mutated and it's actually kind of hard to hold on to a physical form. Nice. All right. And last but not least, DJ, tell us about you are I believe you're playing the hunter. Yeah, um, my character's name is Moray, and um, also they, them pronouns, they look a little femme, but um, they're in a lot of, like, cloaked things a lot, so you don't typically see their face or things like that. Um, they're a little stockier, um, so uh, they, they're an agent for the family, and so they, they kind of go out and... and and do what needs to get done. Uh, which means sometimes they have to be able to take a hit. So they have gotten very good at that. But um, she was born, or they were born into the family. And so mm -hmm. um, very much believes in, in doing right by them. And um, really is trying to, but like as the agent, wants to, to take down the biggest and, and baddest to protect the family and, and do what is needed for them. I like that we unintentionally, like uncoordinatedly have an entire party of non-binary characters. Love it. Like that was not a planned thing that we did before this. That was just how you all approached it. And I love that. Um, all right, let's, let's start with, I'm going to start with Connor this time. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about your questions, your backgrounds. Okay, and this is under the backstory. Uh, yes. Okay. So there's one question, but I feel like this kind of actually ties into the family because uh, to my actual family because the backstory question is blank welcomed me as one of their own, and I feel like that kind of just ties in synonymously with the nomads. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I think the idea on this is supposed to be like. Who have like so did other families also well like did some was there somebody who gotcha so it's the idea is the other the other families the other outside mm -hmm. folks was there somebody that 
Um, and so you, so you will read all three of them out and then okay. basically DJ and Dakota would both be like, Ooh, this one fits for me. This one fits for me. Perfect. Okay. Then yeah. Then, then this makes real, then this makes sense. Um, so I've got three. I have, yeah. I still remember how blank reacted when they first saw me. Um, blank welcomed me as one of their own and blank made me do something terrible. Not saying that I had I have an idea of which one fits into which, but <laughs> um, DJ Dakota, did any of those speak to you? I kind of want to see if DJ is gonna take one. I mean, there's the obvious one I could take, but the one that I initially was drawn to was that first one about you still remember what it was like when I first saw you. Mm. Um. And I think that um, there wasn't a lot, like, Maury has done a lot to really manage emotion um, and is pretty walled off. So they didn't start, like, they weren't taken aback or things like that. They it, they looked almost like, you know, when you get, dis like, bored and disattached. Mm -hmm. That was their response. And it's like, uh-huh, and continuing on with our day. Um, they might have had feelings about it, but, like, you did not get to see those. Right. And actually, I think that could work really well because maybe, like, besides the nomads, Nyx always expects a strong reaction. So to find somebody, whether or not they recognize that that is not your actual genuine reaction, but to find someone that doesn't immediately have kind of, like, a visceral reaction to their appearance constantly changing. Yeah. And then I think from Luna Lata's perspective, the like welcoming you with open arms thing is probably the one that fits more. Mm -hmm. uh, unless you consider doing a terrible thing, maybe like cutting open a tree. <laughs> like if, if that's like kind of the hippie vibe, like then maybe because Luna Lata would totally be like, I need to see what's inside this tree. No, no, <laughs> I really, I actually really dig the idea of Nixon, uh, Luna Lata, uh, being, uh, like seeing themselves, uh, seeing a little bit of themselves in each other because the, I, in, in my mind, Nix doesn't necessarily fully believe in the way that the family does, but can see the general broader kindness that the family is like, I don't necessarily know what's going on here, but I can see that they are special and I want to protect that. Yeah, and I think because they both look bizarre to most mm -hmm. of the world, they probably are both like, hey, okay, cool. Hey. Yeah, <laughs> okay, I dig that. And um, maybe the maybe do something terrible can be tied into one of the other families. I love how we're pawning all of, like the bad shit all the bad on stuff. the other two that aren't here. So, sorry, sorry, Barbie <laughs> cult. <laughs> Well, is that are all on me? And I let's, yeah. let's be real. Let's not just make me the dumb. We 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 can't we can't make you and your family just the villains, <laughs> right? I mean, you could, but woe to you all. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, uh, Dakota or DJ, do you want to do your questions? Yeah, uh, we can we can do mine. Um. So, uh, I previewed one of them earlier. I fear. Blank hates what they don't understand. But I'm not sure that that falls with either of these two characters as described. 
And you want if you want to read all three of them, and then they can kind of hop on whichever ones fit. Yeah. The my second one is blank can guide me to the truth. And the third is blank will soon be lost without my technology. Okay. Um I feel like that third one uh really works well with Nyx because they don't know what has happened to them. They just have to live with it. And it's kind of like a condition that they keep having to struggle with. So that could tie in really well that you and your family might actually have some form of technology to help my character. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it already works that, you know, we're kind of, we're kind of friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, I and actually DJ think I think that it. the first one for Moray is pretty true. They get direction and they have to uh, enact that. Their family, that may not be true about. I think that there are people and players in the family that aren't afraid of what they don't know, but Moray just doesn't engage in that as much. They're pretty direct. All right. Great. Uh, and then your last, uh, DJ, your question. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, Vision, I just love the idea that you're like, the cult of Barbie will, like, give me the information I need. Like, I don't know if that's really, but, like, that just is hilarious to me. I, I love it, too. My three questions. Um, Blank has fought shoulder to shoulder with me. Blank once left me for dead. And Blank is smart enough to be worth keeping around. <laughs> I mean, the last one really does kind of fit with Lunalata. Like, again, curiosity, like knowledge, that's definitely like their, their bag, so to speak. And I think it, it also is interesting to play with what yours is for for me about like being afraid of what I don't know, but I know that you're smart. And so like, even though normally I would be like, no, you're like, there is a void here. I don't want to engage with you. You're smart. You're worth keeping around. We'll see where this goes. Yeah. You're like, I'm not going to kill you yet, but we'll see. <laughs> um, and DJ, I remember the I remember the Left for Dead one. What was what was the other question? Um has thought shoulder to shoulder with me. Mm. Which could be interesting for Nyx if you're the protector of, uh, that, of your family. That could also kind of work, especially considering that we have um we have a little bit of a little bit of an agreement between the families where your family does get resources from us. So maybe in the past we have had to kind of like collaborate and work together uh, for mutual, but like for the mutual benefit of both of our families. And could also play into why there's like, you remember the first time that I saw you because like there was, it wasn't just that in passing, like, Oh yes. And there's this person. No, it was a like formal, like you two are working together. You don't know each other. You're going to do this though. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And maybe, yeah, that, and maybe that's one of the reasons why Nick's kind of like took that because the fact that not only did you not have like a strong reaction that looking at me, but it was also the fact that we, despite all that, we're still able to do this job together. Love it. And one of the other families can uh, leave me for bed. I love that. We're <laughs> Once just... again, leaving all the shit for other people. <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> this is what happens when they're not at session point five. <laughs> I'm sorry that we're pre-painting some of them as monsters, but <laughs> listen, so we gotta do. <laughs> I mean, we already did it enough to DJ. Like, let's let's give it to somebody else to spread the wealth of awfulness. Yes. I, I have a feeling our Barbie cult would will be happy to take on a few things. It, this yeah. this bar this Barbie cult is gonna be so multi-layered. I love it. Because of an MLM, because of an MLM Barbie cult. <laughs> Greta Gerwig will be very proud of the intersectionality of this Barbie cult. <laughs> when, when I think when I think of the Barbie cult, I think of Fallout New Vegas, which I don't know if any of you have played, but in in Fallout New Vegas, there's many there's many factions, and one of them is like basically this just like raider barbarian faction that's like that's kind of like imagine ancient Rome, but it's like you know it's it's all just like futuristic uh, uh apocalyptic dystopia. So I'm imagining that where it's just like very like grungy and savage, but it's still hot pink and uh you know and it like I, I don't I don't want to paint what the what are what our future players actually uh, gonna say that this family is like. But that's just what I imagine when I think of Barbie cult. <laughs> All right, love and it. so, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, I, I love that mental image. It's delightful. So we all kind of, we've gotten, I think some general vibes of like how people ended up in this space. And we got some rough vibes of how people kind of feel about each other from what I, kind of what we've, we've been piecing together. Um, talk to me about what you see as maybe what are, issues that are kind of currently facing your your community um i think aside from resources are always a problem right like that's that's a given in an end of the world scenario but like are there interpersonal things are there political things are there you know factions from outside your enclave community on an island that you have concerns about and we don't have to name them. I'll fill in some of those gaps myself with like who those people are, but what are, what are you thinking or kind of how, how do you envision some different things going on? Yeah. Let's, I, yep. I, go ahead. I think the, the, um, Michelena are, again, their primary directive is to, get home and to not interact with the world around them um but they need to you know interact a little bit to accomplish that so right. i think one of you know their biggest worries is the world trying to interact with them specifically the like outside forces trying to like invade and steal their technology Okay. They're very technologically advanced. One of the resource surpluses is progress. So like they they're worried that the the other factions 
may try to, you know, take that away from them. And that's kind of their big concern out there. Okay. Um, I I can go next. Yeah, um, and this and I know that like the the idea here is necessarily like it doesn't have to all be anchored in just your person. It can be like, oh, there's some like power struggles for like someone wants to be in a position of authority but and run this community, but like we don't have a democratic process set up yet. So like, how do we elect somebody? You know, or like maybe there's been turmoil amongst people because they're because they're fighting over sparse resources. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can think about it both in your character and like that limited narrow view, but you can also think about it in that more like the zoom as the game refers to it, the zoom out. Um, and what's like, what's the the bigger picture of what's going on and how is that impacting your, your day to day? Okay. Um, I think there, there's like, there's, there's a big struggle that's kind of like, more thinking into the broad terms of uh, of the nomads family, but also kind of like for Nyx is they, the nomads truly believe of the best way to repair the planet is to li- like to try to listen to the planet, regrow our natural resources and be better about treating the planet. But the two biggest issues that they face is trying to kind of like, as everyone is trying to have a, you know, as different places are trying to grab more resources to try to like basically cultivate for themselves is to Mm -hmm. convince others that instead of cultivating for ourselves, we should all be coming together to try to like help rebuild the planet and trying to convey that message. The other problem that they, that they encounter is it's very hard to try uh, to try to be somewhat pacifist and try to see the better in different forms of humanity where, because of just the way things are, uh, there isn't much left. So to try to, you know, really be there and try to give off this message of how we can be better, but not mm-hmm. that sh- that makes us weak or defenseless. And I think that's more of a problem for Nix than anything else, because most of it, the 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 nomads are like, they're a little bit more checked out. They're a little bit like, hey, things are going to find the way that they are. And Nix is a little bit more like, no, if you keep going this way, people are just going to completely wipe you out and we can't have that. Um, so yeah. so I think it's that fear of like, you know, taking taking this idea of wanting to be empathetic and uh, and exploiting it. I like that. Other other things. Yeah, and I think the other thing that kind of makes sense is what you were already sharing, Eric, just that this is a a few families, a community that has been kind of thrown together, not one mm-hmm. that we all designed together. And so uh, what is the, the power, the authority, the like the structure and those things? And and, and I think specifically with um, the Shasta family, the just wanting to not be in charge, but pull the strings and build something better than what brought us here um any other other things other things you see as like challenges that you feel like you're like this collection of random people on an island together might be facing or might be encountering as they're heading into things
and again, maybe thinking of it in more of that like larger, broader, like kind of sweeping thoughts of like, you know, again, are there are there specific outside forces that you know you're worried about? You know, there's a group trying to to steal things, or there's a specific group trying to, you know, conquer your island or whatever. I was just kind of thinking about that because we're on an island. We're pretty well protected comparatively to other places that have fallen. And so I, I do wonder if there are we at a point where um, others are starting to notice that, like others mm-hmm. in our community. And so what does that mean? Um, does that mean we develop relationships and trade and those things? Or does it mean they're like, hey, that's prime land. It's mostly hippies and mollusk people, so we can take care of this. There is also kind of like, because this is an isolated area, it's a microcosm of even more limited resources that each respective family has. So like, you know, I at least know for my family, uh, we have, you know, like we have, uh, because of just the way that's built up, we have an advantage on things like land, crops animals like you know things like that so just like it makes it there is a little bit of that tension of the things that we have are even more like are even more finite and it's very Mm -hmm. delicate on how we balance that this is all good stuff good things that i can use to harm you later perfect hurt us so (laughs) i think another thing that's really important to think about when it comes to this island and these factions that have all found ourselves here Mm -hmm. is that there is a power vacuum here. Yeah. No one is in charge and likely, unless Eric deems it to be so, no one is necessarily leading currently any um, effort to collaborate with each other. We're all just kind of like, connected to each other in our own little web. Yeah. And so I think that's a a really key conflict, especially when it comes to maybe perhaps more um, ambitious factions. (laughs) Yeah. And I think I, I, I purposely made the island larger, right? Like I said, it's like, it's like five miles across because I like the idea that there can be a, you know, groups of, or, you know, or there's groups, families living on this, on this land, but are all disparate still, right? Like you're all like, you have to interact with each other in some capacities, but like this one, you know, one family is kind of tucked away over here trying to build up things. And like, maybe there is, you know, in the heart of the Island, a space where people are coming together in some way. Um, almost like a like a small town within the island where it's like okay we've got some people here this is where like we're trading resources this is where we're getting our information from but it's always going to be you know i mean granted like realistically like five miles like if you're all coming in you know two two and a two miles in if you're all living on the outskirts like that you know you can get there within an hour walking on this island like it's not like it's quote far in a te- you know in a in a role play game where it's like you know oh it's going to take you 6 days to get to the castle at the heart of the you know the land it it's 
compact enough that there is the space for that intimate getting together, kind of getting to know each other. You do all lean on each other, but it's far enough that everyone can kind of still opt to self-segregate themselves. Yeah, I like, um, I like that idea where we can all have our own little areas and kind of we're we're here to we're here and interacting by not necessarily by our own designs, but more out of necessity. And for right now, things seem to be working well, either between families or interpersonal relationships with individual characters. But yeah, there's nothing that it. it it, it's very precarious. It feels like, you know, one, one, one strong, like gust of wind in either direction could, could cause things to go catastrophically either right or wrong. Yeah. Um, all right. I know I said we were gonna, that we were going to try and like do a little bit of, of playing of the game in action, in like in practice, but I think this is a lot of good info. I think this is a lot of good world building. I think it's a lot of good stuff. And what I want to do is I'm going to leave us with a moment of something that you all are going to have to contend with on this island. And we'll kind of leave it on a little bit of a cliffhanger because I love a cliffhanger. Um, and this will get people excited for the next episode that will release that will be you all maybe plus other mystery special guests. Um, which I think I would do I'll, I'll realistically what I would end up doing is not giving them a full session zero space like this one, but I might do off off recording, do a little bit of building with them and then tie them into something when they come in um, to make it more mysterious for you all and and for the listeners. Oh, we're, we're, we're the group A, they're the group B, and we're going to meet up in a later episode, not knowing anything <laughs> about each other. Not knowing that the other group exists, except yeah. I told you that they exist. Um, <laughs> they're all on the pork chop loading dock. That's where they are. <laughs> Who's popping out of a box? Exactly. <laughs> not Shangela. Not these days. <laughs> not her. Um, so, I'm going to set a scene for you all. So, you all, I'm going to say about once a you know once once a month we'll say the families and the faction like everyone kind of culminates together in the heart of you know the island right and they get together you know maybe it's you spend send like a small contingent to kind of talk about things talk about some resource swapping making sure we're all surviving and i think you know maybe aside from from the um actually Connor, what is, does your family have a, a family name? Like, do your hippies have like a, or they yeah. just wander and they just live? We're, 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 we're literally just called the, we're, we're, you know, I, I think we're literally just called the nomads where, you know, the idea is, uh, we, we, we don't believe in a name. We believe in a purpose type mm -hmm. vibe. So <laughs> and I think you all, and we could talk about who actually is at the table and then in the next recording, but I think what, what I envision is everyone has sent their delegation for the month of a couple people to go get together, talk about different things, you know, swap notes in terms of, Hey, we went, you know, we've got a, we've got this boat. We've, we've been out exploring. We've discovered some things we found, you know, whatever it is people are finding when they're out on their explorations. Cause you're, everyone is trying to build back up. Um, and as everyone is, as it's kind of wrapping up, uh, one of the other 
families to be named later comes running into the town in not in the town square but into this like conclave because we love a conclave in rpgs they come running in they're out of breath they like dive in none of whoever and we'll say that each of your characters are part of this delegation that always goes in i feel like nix that makes absolute sense like they're probably the only one who actually shows up from the nomads I feel like it would just be Nyx and possibly like, you know, one of the like one of the older uh, nomads who believes they're really good at delegating. But in fact, they are not. And that's why Nyx is like, OK, yep, yep. We're going to do some delegating. All right. <laughs> so you all you your three player characters are there with whatever other members you would have brought with you. This person comes running in out of breath. You you recognize them as like one of the other families, but they're they're ones that kind of keep to themselves and don't really interact with each with with anybody else to like a really protected kind of way. And they go, there are people on the island. People from from outside. They've got a boat. It looks pretty big, and they're on the island, and they're demanding to speak with the leader. And we fade straight out. I'm not giving you any chances to interact with this person. <laughs> On your power vacuum island. Love you've it. got. And so that's where we'll pause. That's where we'll we'll wrap it. Um because I know I know I know at the beginning of this, I was like, we'll play a little bit, but I feel like that's a good I want to give you all something to kind of think about and give me a little bit of time to flush out, I think, the world that we've created together. So what we'll wrap up with, as we always do, is if you'd like to be found on the internet, where can people find you? We'll go backwards from intros. So we'll start with Dakota um, and share whatever socials. I'll put everything in the show notes. But where can where can people find you? So people can find me on most social media platforms at Vision in Lilac. Um, I will be on the major ones until they implode. <laughs> exactly uh dj yeah i am um, mostly am on um twitter because i'm not referring it to its name and um it is at dj underscore kq uh if you follow me prepare for lots of lurking but also sarcasm and uh gay gaming things connor uh, I'm going to be the complicated one, and I have uh, three different uh, screen names for three different platforms, unfortunately. Um, you can find me at the old bird site at uh, space underscore man underscore spiff. You can find me on Instagram under spiff's photos, and you can find me in the clouds and blue sky at spiff.bluesky.social. Um, if you wish to follow me, just be prepared for lots of random nonsense about honestly, probably my pets, video games, and random fun queer bullshit. Amazing. Um, your pet, which is currently over your shoulder that I can see lying on your bed. Little I know Miles. that's you see, this is the problem with an audio media uh, audio medium. None of none of the listeners can see how adorable my cat is right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and as always, you can find the queer XP on twitter instagram facebook and blue sky at the queer xp and just a quick little tidbits of things to come 
Um, our next couple episodes up. Uh, so this should be dropping on a Thursday if everything went according to plan. So on Monday, we're running a game called Fears and Fathoms. It is an it is a super creepy horror game. Uh, and we have an all drag cast featuring uh, two New England drag performers, Juicy Garland and Candace Persuasion and returning drag race contestant slash the winner. If you choose to believe what Bombay says, Bombay from season three of Canada's drag race. Next week, we also have a fun extra bonus episode because I made a stupid challenge on the Twitter and blue sky. We'll be playing the Jellicle choice, the Jellicle chance, which is a tabletop role-playing game about cats, the musical where returning guest DJ will be vying for their place to be the Jellicle choice and be chosen for the death cult. Because wow. that's, because cats is a death cult in case I've not made that clear in other places that I've talked about this cats is a death cult. Meow. 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 Um, and then the next two recordings that we're working on, I'm really excited. We have um, for trans awareness week, we are doing a all all trans game designer chat. We're going to have three trans game designers coming and talking about their craft, the games that they make and the experiences of being trans in the gaming world. Um, and then the next game um, after the actual, next actual play after that is a game called our traveling home um, where Dakota will be rejoining us for an all trans and non-binary cast um, playing the game, our traveling home. And we actually have the game designer Ash who is going to be running it for us um, and playing. It's a GM list game. So they're helping facilitate it and making sure we're on track. Um, but the game is inspired by Howl's moving castle. Um, and so we're, we're really delighted. It seems very fun. Um, and I'm, I'm just excited for that. So we have a great crew coming together for that. And then I have a ton of shit on the docket all the way through December I'm excited for everything. You should be excited for everything. Um, I overplan, and that's how far out we are right now. So um, on that note, once again, thank you for joining us for this session 0, 0. 0.5. I'm excited to see where this all takes us. I'm excited to play this game. Um, thank you for listening, everybody, and have a good rest of your week. <laughs> <laughs>